Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. John chapter 9 and verse 7, And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. A man was hired at a company and you know they ask you to describe yourself. So the boss presented this new man and he said, just describe yourself, just use three words. Describe yourself in three words. And the man scratched his head and he stood up and he said, not good at following instructions. I like to preach on the thought of a message <laughs> following instructions. I went to a tire shop and uh, the door was kind of heavy. Uh, so I pushed and it wouldn't open. So I pushed harder. You know, you just put your man strength into it and you kind of feel bad that you can't make a door open. So I pushed even harder and it would not open. And you kind of feel like, man, am I losing my strength? But then there was a sign. There were some instructions. And it was one word, not three, right? <laughs> Pull. <laughs> Wonder of wonders. I followed the instructions, and guess what? It worked. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like that way in the, in the world, but, you know, sometimes we think that God is just kind of out there, and He just makes things up as He go, goes along. But God created a cosmos, a place of order, out of a chaos in Genesis. God creates order. So I, I went into the tire shop. This is a true story. Some people, they don't, they don't learn too fast, right? So I went to get some bottles of water. So the door to the fridge had an indent for your hand to go in. And uh, it wouldn't open, you know, but the, the little indent was there for you. And then all the water was just on the other side of this glass door. So I'm pulling on it. At least I'm pulling, right? Not pushing. Well, on the left, there was a sign. And it said, open this side. And guess what? It worked. When I opened it, say, preacher, but the hand indent was on the right side. I know, but the instruction said... To open it on the left side. And you know what? The water was good. You know that we have a few important lessons about following instructions. And you know when we grow up, the Bible says that our parents are there. Our parents are there to train us up in the way that we should go. And one of the greatest instructions that a parent gives is not for you to clean your room. Although that's good. It's not for you to, to take a bath and put clean underwear on. In case you get in an accident, although that's good. Of course, I don't know about you, and this is kind of plain, but if you have an accident, a car accident, you can start with clean undergarments, and even before the accident happens. So you might need to take an extra pair, okay? That's just what happens. But the most important thing that a, a parent can do for their child is to give them instructions on how to come to Jesus Christ. How to invite Jesus Christ into their life. And kids will watch you like a hawk. One of my things, my, my daughter, she watches me like a hawk. 
when I un when I put the code in for my iPad. And she figured one out. She goes, oh, that's what it is, Daddy. She'll watch it. Why kids want to access that phone. And then she'll watch my phone. And I have, you know, how to hold it away. I learned. She'll find out. Because kids are watching everything that you do. They watch to see if you forgive each other. They watch to see if you're sweet to one another. They will repeat the things that you say. So like Brother Patrick said, you might as well bless the Lord. Say, what is my kid going to do? Bless the Lord. What are they going to do when they get crazy? They're going to pray. They're going to believe God for something. They're going to follow the instructions that the parents give to their children. And uh, I don't know, but my, uh, my wife, my, my, wife uh, my daughter has seen her father, that's me, and my first wife right here. That was a joke, but you have to be here on Thursday. But anyway, Reverend Keckle's going to come and be with us in service. So I said, uh, I pointed... Reverend Keckel is the CEO of our organization, and he's the president of the Bible school and many other titles, and he's, he's an awesome preacher. And I pointed to give personal relevance, and I said, it was my first wife's pastor. And I said, no, my wife's first pastor. But after you say it, there's no recovering, right? Because anyway, so he's going to be in service with us, and she is my first wife, okay? First wife, we're still, we're still rolling. But my daughter has seen it to where daddy treats mommy, you know, and says something that is unkind. And if you've never done that to your wife, you haven't probably been married very long. Because it might not even be what you say. It's how you say it. It's how you say it. It's just the way that it is, okay? Women, uh, and my, my wife says I'm more emotional than she is, and, and she's right. And, uh, but that doesn't change it, that, that, that women can take something and, and wives can take something that you say. And, and if you say it in an unkind way, it meant it blows out, right? So, uh, but my daughter's seen many times where I've gone up to my wife and said, honey, forgive me. Honey, I'm sorry. Is that right? Yes. And so my daughter knows that, you know, if you can write the check, you might as well cash it. You know, if you're a big enough man to say it, be a big enough man to say I'm sorry because the daughter is going to listen and look to see how a man should act and the Bible shows us that Jesus Christ in his life and his death and his burial and his resurrection the gospel is a message of how God would act if he became a man on this earth and that's what the gospel is that Jesus was born of a virgin so that not only was he a hundred percent God but he was 100% man. He was born of a woman so he could be a human and so he could go through all the things that we faced and yet live a righteous life. Not that he sinned one time. And the Bible says in our, in our Bible reading, let's get right to it. So Jesus and his disciples, they passed by a man who was blind. And the Bible said that he was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Master, Master, I like this. Whose fault is it? That's what they said. Who did sin? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. You know, a lot of people, they're like that. If you go through something, it's your fault. It's something that you've done. Or it's your parents' fault. And they had this belief that if your parents would do something wrong, the curse would come down on your children. But you see, God doesn't do that. God judges each person for their own sin. He doesn't pass it on 
to the children. Thank God. But a lot of times the kids will gain something. And if there's a curse passed on, it's not from God. You know who it's from? The parents. <laughs> the, the, the children will do things just like their parents. But God, if we can train our kids right and we can learn to forgive, our kids will forgive. If we can learn to serve God, our kids can learn to serve God. If we can learn to bless God when things go crazy, our kids can bless God when their tests go crazy, when things at at school go crazy. They can trust Jesus like we trust Jesus. So Jesus said, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. Say you're missing the, the big part of the story, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. You know, sometimes we go through something and it's not because we're messed up with God, it's because God wants to work a miracle in our lives. And a lot of times, like my wife, uh, you know, she'll thank God for an encourager. She'll, she'll, something will work out in our life and she'll say, honey, the answer was already on the way when you prayed. It was already on the move, but you didn't see it. But as you look back, you say, wow, God, you had already figured it out when I was praying about it, and you can actually trace this, you know, if something's in the mail or something, and things were already getting solved when we chose to trust God before we saw it. And so Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And it said, when he had thus spoken... He spat on the ground. I looked this up from the Greek. You know what the Greek is for spat? Have you ever seen those little bubbles in the cartoons where someone goes, patoo? That is exactly what the Greek word is for spit. Patoo. P-T-O-O-O. And that's exactly the way it sounds, right? So Jesus went patoo on the ground and he uh, he made some clay out of the spittle. And it said he anointed the eyes of the blind man with that clay. And said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He he sent him. He said, go wash. And the Bible said, he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. So first thing I'd like to share, instructions are there to solve a problem. My daughter loves Legos. And I bought her a Technics set, which is the more advanced Legos. And so you open all these bags and they're tiny little pieces And it was a Jeep, a yellow Jeep. And I don't know if it was like 800 pieces or something like that. And it just looks like a big mess all over the ground. And there's all these little plastic bags. And there's this big, thick instruction book. Let me tell you, you're not building the Legos without the instruction book. You know that you can, your Bible is like your instruction book. You're not going to build your life. You can't go through guessing it. There's too many things to put together, but God gave us an instruction book. He gave us the word of God so that all of these pieces that don't seem like they have anywhere to go, they can fit together in the right place at the right time, in the right order. There is an order to God's building. There is an order to build that leg. Set. There is an order, like if you're trying to get a bottle of water. There's an order to open up the fridge on the correct side. But there's an order on how to get to heaven. You see, God knew, and I thank God, God knew that this man, he knew exactly what he needed. He knew that he was born blind. Didn't have a sign that said, maybe he did have a sign, born blind, you know, but 
But Jesus knows all about our life. He knows what we're going through. He knows how long we've been going through it. And God knows. So when you're blind, did you ever play being blind when you were a kid? You'd close your eyes and walk around. But did you know that a blind person doesn't close their eyes all the time? You know, I, what an ignorant child I was, right? But they, they'll actually, they can have their eyes open and not see. Because there's some type of blockage or disconnect or something didn't develop. You see, and I'm not going to, I'm not an ophthalmologist, but when the light goes in to your eye and the cornea and the lens and the pupil and the iris with that colored part of your eye, the light goes all the way to the back of your eye. I believe that's called your retina. It's the back of your eyeball. And I've seen my daughters because we've gone to the ophthalmologist. It's a camera that takes a picture of the back of your eye. And then the back of your eye, there's something called the optic nerve. And the optic nerve goes up to your, I know I'm not trying to lose you, but this is how your eye works, to your visual cortex in your brain. And these electric signals that go through this optic nerve, the brain makes them into images that you see. And they're coming upside down and the brain flips them over. It's amazing. And it all happens like instantaneously. Well, this man... He had like no connections between the optic nerve and the visual cortex in the brain he had never seen. His eyes were not, it wasn't an astigmatism. It wasn't that he needed vision correction. He had like some kind of break in his eyes. So when Jesus healed him, it was as if God had something called like a synaptogenesis where he actually created Something that wasn't there. And it was like, whoa. And, and they even said, it's never been heard that a man that was born blind, never in the history of the world did this happen. But you know what? I believe that Jesus had a flashback. He said, I remember creating the original man. And it said he created man out of what? The dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You see, when Jesus does something, he just doesn't do it over. He just doesn't clean it up. God can make something from nothing. God can declare it. He's the creator. He says it. And it's so. So God did a master miracle. And you know, the more that you study the body, the more that you're amazed at what Jesus can do. Jesus wasn't putting mud on the man's eyes to discredit him. That's the same thing that man was made from. God was doing a work of genesis of creation. But the Bible said, but if our gospel be hid in 2 Corinthians, it's hid to them that are lost. There's a block somewhere where the light doesn't get through. In whom the God of this world, who's that? That is the devil. Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, the instructions are there to solve a problem, but God has gospel instructions. And the light of that gospel, the reality of the gospel, have you ever seen someone where they get something, their eyes come kind of open, like, whoa, I just got that. And one of the things that they do is their eyes pop open really wide as if the light bulb just went on. You see that where the light bulb goes on over someone's head in a cartoon where they said, I just made a connection. I get it. The lights came on. 
Well, when the Bible says, when the gospel comes to our life, when we realize that all of our works are not what God is looking for, but the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that the payment for sin can be made for, then we say, wait a second, so I don't need to do anything? No, God doesn't want you to do anything. But the Bible said he wants you to believe him. Our instructions are to believe on him whom God has sent. That's our job as a preacher. You know, sometimes it's hard. So you mean, you don't want me to do anything? No, and he doesn't want you to stress about it either. He just wants you to believe God. Amen. One of the greatest things we can do, you know, sometimes that the devil or ourselves just say, okay, it's time to stress. Things aren't working out as I can see them. But what about how God sees it? Amen. You know that how God sees it, say, wait a second, God, this is time for a miracle. <laughs> Instead of stressing, let me choose a different path. Let me follow the instructions. Jesus didn't tell the man, man, you have a bad day today. Your, your life is not going upward. You're a mess. You know, that instructions that God gives us were not only to solve a problem, but they're simple. They're simple. You know, if God wants us to do something, he's not going to make it complicated. And a lot of things, we already know what we need to do. <laughs> we already know what we need to do. When I, was, when I got, gave my life to Jesus Christ, I walked back home after I got a ride home from church, and I knew... When I needed to clean out of my barracks room, I did not need any instructions. It did not match up with my new life in Jesus Christ. And you know, a lot of times in following in simple instructions, God just says, open here, and we open. God said, pull, and we pull. And that's all God wants us to do is follow simple instructions. He told one man, be not afraid. Only believe. Just believe me. Don't believe all these other voices. You know, all these other voices... They try to confuse us sometimes. Can you imagine this blind man? Now, if, if your sight doesn't work, you begin to compensate, right? So if, if one leg doesn't work, there was a gentleman who was an amputee, and he was a green beret, but his leg was, uh, was shot up by machine gun, so they had to cut it off. True story. But he stayed a green beret with, like, you know, uh, he had that bionic leg thing just attached there, and he went through the qualifications and qualified as a as an active duty Green Beret with one leg. And they, they, he carries an extra leg with him, you know, when he goes into combat. And someone said, you know, we don't, we, what, we, don't, we don't really like that because what if your leg breaks when you're out there? You're like, you know, your mechanical leg. And he said, if my leg breaks, I put another one on. What if your leg breaks? <laughs> you know good if your leg breaks. But he said that one leg that was still good, it was overdeveloped because it had to harness a lot of things that that, that mechanical leg could not do. And so if you can't see, your ears are open extra wide. And when this blind man heard the disciples saying, and he probably heard it all day long, who did sin? Is this man a sinner? Is it because this man is it's his fault? Man, how many times a day did he hear that? Oh, man, too bad for you. If you believe God, then God would do something. If you're a real righteous person, you wouldn't be in that situation. Man, those voices do not help. You know, if you see someone, and, and be, please be careful on social media. You know, if someone's down and out, don't gang pile on them. Don't dog pile on them. They don't need that. You know what they need to do? They see someone to tweet or Facebook them and say, you know what? Let me pray for you. Let's believe God together. God's got a miracle with your name on it. And that's what Jesus said. He said that. 
that's not the way that it is. You know what? I'm thankful that the instructions tell us to deny other people's voices and look to the voice of God. Because you see, the voice of God, let me tell you this about yourself. There's a difference between intrinsic value and instrumental value, okay? So they're two different things. This man had no instrumental value, okay? That means if you get hired, and there's some people here that have hired people, if you get hired, they're looking for you to be an instrument for their company, to do something. You ever seen an orchestra? And everyone's playing something, right? They're, they're being part. Will you ever get, see a guy in an orchestra and he's just not doing anything, just standing there, you know, playing the air guitar? No, they're not invited, right? They have no instrumental value. And so they were looking down at this man and said, he's got no value. He's just sitting there. He must have sinned. But I'm thankful that God doesn't look at us for instrumental value. He looks for us for intrinsic value. That means the value that you have because of who you are. God created you as a masterpiece. God created man as a masterpiece. And then I know that in our day and age, what do people say? After they ask you your name, what's the second question that someone asks you? What's your name? What do you do? My name's Bob. And I don't do anything. You know, so if you don't have a job, or maybe you got fired, and you can say your name... But then after that, you're like, I guess I'm nobody because I don't do anything. But I'm thankful that when Jesus approached the man, he didn't say that he was worthless. He said, wait a second, God's got a work to do in his life. I don't know how many times I've gotten a job when I'm in Florida. How many times, Sister Bigelow? Several times. <laughs> and I would walk in there like, oh, you're overqualified. Don't you? That's not something you want to hear, right? I remember, but uh, I'm thankful I listened to my wife. You know, she's got some good ideas. I had no job. How many times have I been quit or been fired or quit? Maybe a couple times. And then my wife said, look in the newspaper. And I'm like, no one hires anyone out of a newspaper. Everybody, you know those things that they used to print on paper and deliver to your door? Yeah, those things. Anyway, so I bought a newspaper and I looked and I saw this thing for a job to a hiring. And so I, I went, got my shirt and tie on and I went there and got hired and worked there for like 17 years. Wonder of wonders, instructions work, right? You listen to the job uh, title, you go there, and you get hired. And the guy that answered the door was actually the guy who I was replacing, which was kind of weird, but I didn't know it at the time. But we find that God gives us value. The Bible said that he died for men and women, not only, but God commendeth his love toward us. Then while we were yet what? Not righteous, not fully employed, but God said while we were yet sinners. Jesus said, I see value in them. While they were yet seemingly worthless to everybody else, while we were dirty, Jesus said, you know what? I love them. I'm going to go die for them. And that's what he died on the cross for, to redeem us back to God. Not only that he would redeem us and say, hey, hey, go, go do your own thing. There was a, a lady I heard that she had gotten saved. Not in one of our churches, in another church. She got saved in another church. Um, but that church didn't hold her to have value. Because she, she was black and the church was white. And so the pastor, and say, well, this is wrong, preacher. It is wrong. Because your value is not the color of your skin. That's not your value. And so someone approached my pastor at the time, Pastor Davis. This is years ago, okay? This might have been 30, 40 years ago. 
And uh, pastor, this pastor was from a different church organization. I didn't share who it was. And he said, yeah, but you have this black lady that got saved, but do you want her? And my pastor said, yes. Why? We want her. Why? Because she's a person. And later, she got married to Reverend Cyrus, his sister Cyrus. And I mean, I mean, they mean serving God. We'll take anybody. Man, Jesus Christ will love you. God will change you. And God will make you righteous. God will put royal blood in your veins. Jesus Christ will do a work. And we see the same value when you're a Christian. You look at anybody with the same value as Jesus puts on them. And if God thinks you're worth dying for, then we think that you're worth living with. You see, when God... God saved us. He didn't want us to get changed and then go out and say, oh, just, just go away from me. Just come and, and pay your bill and leave. He said, come on, be part of the family. Let me call you brother. Let me call you sister. How many people have come to the house of God and they're like, man, it's just like a family. They look around and like, all you people look different. Some of you people don't even speak English. How do you get along? The love of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ has made a difference. And I'm like, man, if he can accept me like I am, then I can accept someone else like they are. If he can accept my quirks, I can accept my wife's quirks. Preacher, I don't have any quirks. Hmm. Hmm. One out of three people is crazy, right? One out of three. Think of your two best friends. If your two best friends aren't crazy, it's you. That's why you don't think you have any quirks, right? Say, preacher, I'm the crazy one. (laughs) I didn't realize I had so many problems until I got married. And then I'm like, wow, am I really that way? And then you have a kid and you're like, there's two people now telling me that I'm that way. That's why I stopped at one. I don't want more kids telling you. Do you ever say more kids telling you the way that you are? No, not really. I love my, I love my daughter. So she's a real blessing. We see instructions. God gives us instructions. He said, just go to the pool and wash. So simple. Instructions are simple from God. And then instructions make things work. Whether it's getting in the door or seeing the exit sign right there. Or finding a miracle in Jesus Christ. It said he came seeing. A preacher, but how does that work? It's simply following what Jesus said to do. And right now, we're going to have a time where you can just follow what Jesus said to do. I remember some years ago, Brother Velez, he was a, uh, it's like a fishing boat, right? You're either getting rid of a boat or you're buying a boat if you're a fisherman, right? For us guys, we're either getting a job, we have a job, we lost a job. <laughs> And it was years and years ago, and I don't remember, and brother, he was down here praying, and I said, brother, what do you want to pray for? And uh, he said, uh, you know, I want to, I want, I was praying for a job, something like that. And I said, we prayed? And I said, brother, go get your job. It's yours. He said, well, you can't do that, but I think he had a job like the next day. And I don't know, he probably had some jobs and some cars since then, right? But you know what? Jobs come, jobs go. God doesn't change. God's promises don't change. They're exceeding, they're great, and they're precious. But you know, the instructions are the same. We just got to believe God for it. And that's what an altar is for. Say, well, preacher, can I believe God for salvation? Yes. And then claim it and accept it. But that same God that brings salvation, he 
can heal. He can heal. The same God, if you say, preacher, but I need a job or I need a raise. Let me just share this, okay? I went to my boss and uh, asked for a raise. And I said, I want this much. And I prayed about it. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, how about this much? He counter-offered, right? And you know what I told him? I said, you're the boss. You can fire me. You can not give me a raise. You're the boss. I said, but, but that's what I, I prayed for. That's what I'm asking for. My next check, it was just exactly how I asked. So I preached why? Because I prayed for it. I claimed it. And then I just went and asked God. And then I went and asked the boss and said, hey, you know what? I've already prayed for it. I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. And you know what? That's what we need to do. And is it that simple? It's so simple, except the hard part is us. We just got to do it. And you know what, Sarah Preacher? But I need, to, I need a change in my life. I needed this change or that change. You know, God's not going to rehabilitate you. It's not like prison. That doesn't really work. The recidivism in prison is not good, okay? God will regenerate you. God will make you new. You know what? God can make you new. It's just like he put new synaptic synaptogenesis in the man's eyes so that he could see. God can create new things even in your mind. There's something called neuroplasticity where God can make new pathways in your brain. God can change our thinking patterns. God can do amazing things. But the instructions are with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. Will you believe God? Will you believe God for us? They're preaching, but I always go back to doing this. You know what? Let's change that. Say, I always go back to God when that temptation comes. I always go back to praying when I get frustrated. I always go back to looking at what the Bible says before I make a big decision. And I always go back to believing Jesus. Because you see, he went, he washed, and came seen. But you know what? It's our time. An altar call is a place where we go. You can pray at your chair. But it's an expression of faith to say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go down to an altar and say, God, I'm going to take my need and I'm going to lay it before the Lord. And it said he went, he washed, and he came seeing. It was a difference. The promise was fulfilled. And we can have our promises met by Jesus Christ right now. Let's find a place to pray. You can pray there at your pew, but you know what? If you've got a promise, if you've got a need that you need to accept from Jesus Christ, why don't you come down to an altar and say, Jesus, I'm going to believe you for this. Let God be God. Say, preacher, it's impossible. Yep. It is impossible. That's why you came to church. With man, it's impossible. God even said that, but not with God. Not with him. For with God, all things are possible. For with God, a baby can be born when a woman's like 89 or 90 and the man is about 100. With God, a resurrection can happen. With God, a healing can happen. With God, a blessing can happen. With God, a piece of money can come up with the first fish that you, that you catch, Peter. And then you can pay your taxes for, Jesus said, for me and for you. With God, all things are possible when we follow the instructions. What is God laying on your heart this morning? Let God be God. Lord, I've preached your word. Have your way. God, and just let us believe God for a miracle today. God, we need nothing less than a miracle in our lives, in our church, in our families. Create something new. Have your way, Jesus. Go ahead and sing. Sister.
God, bless your name, God. Even so, God. One more time, I bless your name. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we give you honor. Amen. Yeah.